the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself this morning, as always, on a Saturday morning. And he's taking your phone calls. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Chris. You're looking nice and uh, chipper today. I am. I guess I've got something to celebrate. You know, how about them Nats, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little, little uh, hometown uh, win in there. So congratulations to the Nationals and all their fans across, uh, you know, Nats Nation. So very exciting series. Lots of records set. You know, first time ever. I, I mean, we're probably never going to see that again where where the visiting team wins all the games. The away team won all the games. So very, very interesting uh, when, when you look at all the stats with it all. Being a numbers guy, it's kind of fun to, to jump into all the stats of, of, you know, of the basketball series, the baseball, the hockey. You know, when you look at all the weird numbers that come out of all the different series and playoff things and stuff like that. You know, so. for a financial planner, you know, you picture these guys with, you know, round glasses and crunching numbers and stuff. That is not you. You are, <laughs> you are no, uh, not at all. a fancy, uh, you know, a much different kind of a financial planner. A good one. So. There you go. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. I'd like to welcome our longtime listeners on. Uh, WAVA in Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, as well as our new listeners across America on Sirius XM Family Talk 131, border to border and coast to coast, as you like to always say, Chris. See, it's Saturday see. again. Yeah. Yep, it's Saturday again. So it's open mic Saturday, which I always look forward to. You know, I want callers to drive the content of the show. We're here to provide financial planning, educational advice, uh, you know, financial education. Uh, with anything on your mind, dealing with estate planning, taxes, mortgages, insurance, investment strategies, your 401k plan, retirement, college funding, whatever it may be, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123 to reach us live here in the studio with any of your questions at all. Well, the market's hit a new all-time high, Chris, for the S&P and the NASDAQ, and the Dow is not far off as well. And, you know, this just a very interesting thing to see it happening right here all at the same time, you know, and, and catapulted the markets yesterday was a very nice jobs report. <clears throat> uh, the, the jobs numbers just came off the chart. Uh, wages also. And then, you know, you look under the hood and you take a look at some of these numbers. Wages grew by 3% over the last year, but it was outpacing 
the rate of inflation, which is huge. You know, when, when wages are rising more than inflation, that is a very strong backdrop backdrop for a, for a good economic uh, position in the in the economy. Uh, manufacturing still slowed a little bit, <clears throat> but the pace was not as slow as the last two reports, which was viewed to be very good. And then basically what's buffering around that trade is, I'm sorry, around those reports on, on um, manufacturing is, is some trade tensions. You know, so supposedly trade tensions are going to be uh, lifted up here a little bit, uh, you know, as things continue uh, down the road here. You know, despite the cancellation of the summit in, in uh, Chile, uh, President Trump and, and Xi Jinping are still apparently talking and, and could very well sign what what is you know deemed now to be a, a uh, the first portion of a trade agreement here uh, sometime this month is what they're talking about. Right. So they're looking for a neutral site, and we'll see what happens here. I mean, this has been on again, off again mm-hmm. type of thing, and see if they can get get something on paper. Uh, which would be very good. You know, Wall Street always wants clarity of direction. No matter what's going on, Wall Street wants to understand, hey, what are the rules of engagement? Because money is going to seek its place on the planet where it gets its best risk-adjusted return. And if there's no deal, then people, you know, the markets are going to go, that's not good, and sell off a little bit. But then they're going to realize in a handful of days, well, no deal means it's the current deal, right? Um, and people know how to operate under that, whereas a new deal says, okay, now we're getting a new deal, and hopefully it improves, uh, maybe even both sides, who knows, and then Wall Street will get more clarity that, that way as well, you know, sort of get these types of things in the rearview mirror. I have to ask you, uh, because it's just so prevalent, and honestly, I'm just getting a little tired of it, actually, um, the, the mess in Washington. I don't care what camp you're in on one side or the other. Does that Does that affect the stock market i mean there's no clarity of direction there at all well thus far no and and you know from <laughs> it depends you know some people on wall street say you know with with a a a congress that is combative towards each other uh nothing gets done that type of thing um you know it kind of lets wall street just keep on cruising keeps it lets the economy keep on going if 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 congress is so busy fighting with each other you know that's one way that's one oh, thing that i've heard people saying okay. uh they don't get in the way and mess it up right <laughs> <laughs> on on the other hand yeah it's pretty it's pretty sad but but thus far the uh impeachment process and and everything that's been going on there has not uh slowed the growth of the economy has not slowed the the growth of of uh, the markets or anything like that so, you know, it, it just hasn't had an, any type of an effect. And, and so maybe they just think it's a non-brainer, much to do about nothing uh, type of a scenario. So, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I was explaining to, to uh, a client earlier this week about this, this subject, about this question. And, and here's the answer. And for those of you that are wondering about this, you know, this is how you really have to take a look at it, Okay. Talk to your advisor, or if you do it yourself, look back in time, and and this is what I was explaining. I said, you know, look, we've managed money in the second half of of Reagan, then through Bush, then through Clinton, then through Bush, then through Obama, and now through Trump. And when you look at what happens in Washington, you have fiscal policy and monetary policy. Fiscal policy is what comes out of the White House and Congress, tax and spend type policy policy 
What's their ideology? Are they increasing regulation, decreasing regulation? What are they doing with taxes? All types of scenarios there. Then you look over to the other side and you say, okay, monetary policy. What is the Federal Reserve doing? What's going on with money supply, with interest rates? Is the Federal Reserve um, um, uh, becoming more accommodative or are they tightening the economy? Are they allowing the economy to get greased and grow or are they tightening it down? What's going on? So when you understand those two scenarios, what's happening in fiscal policy as well as what's happening in monetary policy, that enables you to really take the personalities of everybody in Congress and the White House off the table and really understand policy. That will help you to manage the money. That will help you understand where to move money away from as well as where to move money toward. So this all goes into buy and sell decision processes and things like that. So so that's how we really look at it, Chris, in, in, in our offices mm. is understanding what's going on there. You know, if you want to get political, then that's for a weekend type of a conversation. But, well, it is the weekend, right? <laughs> you know, but, but that's the way you have to really look at it. So So people listening to the show, talk to your advisor and say, hey, what are your – you know, how do you go about doing this? What are you seeing with the monetary policy? What are you seeing with fiscal policy back and forth? That's really what, what, what's going to boil down to a lot of these decisions there when, when it comes to it. Speaking of monetary policy, you know, this past Wednesday, Chris, the Fed cut uh, its target interest rate again down to 1.5%, uh, which is good, you know. Um, what, what's really good about it is that they indicated that they're probably not going to be making future rate increase, um, future rate reductions right now. And why is that good? When some people say, oh, you know what, we want rates to be lower, lower, lower. <clears throat> well, listen, this gives clarity now to businesses. If businesses are going, hey, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to continue my operations. I'm going to hold back my operations because next month or next quarter rates might be lower if I wanted to finance a project. But now knowing that the that the Fed says, hey, we're kind of happy with where we are with rates right now, unless there's something really bad that comes out, we're just going to stay where we are, was kind of the overall message. And that was viewed very positive by the markets the other day simply because now businesses know, hey, this is where the rates are. Let's get back to work now. I would think uh, that could drive employment as well because then the employers are very confident on what they can employ and where their money is going to be. You know? Correct. Yes, it, it helps with all kinds of things. It, it definitely does. You know, think about this, Chris. You're going to go down to the store to, to the car dealership and finance a car. Let's suppose your payments are $350 a month, and you, you see, well, rates might drop next month, and it might change my, my payment to 340 a month. You're going to go, eh, forget it. I'm buying the car today because 10 bucks really might, might not be a big deal. But now you're looking at a CEO uh, you know, looking at a $200 million project, that little rate reduction is actually could actually move the needle on the balance sheet a little bit, right, or on the income statement. So so they, that's why they've been holding some things back. Especially and, the forecast that they're not going to do it again for a while. That, that well, they didn't say they're not going to, but they led to believe, hey, we're, 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 we're kind of sitting right. Yeah, we're kind of sitting right here. Which is great, which is, you know, very good news. You know, and then you've got, you know, international news, Brexit, on again, off again. Uh, they're, they're looking to hold another election on, on December 10th, oh, I'm sorry, December 12th this year. So uh, all is pretty good. And then we also had bigger news earlier this week, too, the first look at GDP in the economy. Um, you know, it was forecasted to expand at 1.6%, and it expanded at 1.9%. So things look very, very good. 
uh, from from that standpoint, you know, in in the markets and the economy there. Now the question becomes, you know, how are your investments? Um, you know, the the markets getting close to fully valued. What does that mean? That means the markets are going to be looking for the next excuse up or down. So make sure that your investments are are aligned appropriately for where you're at. So you know, all in all, Chris, some some lots of good positive numbers came Amen. out this week, and the market showed it uh, this week as well. So hey, we got to take a quick break here. Let's open up the line, the phone lines. Remember, it's open mic Saturday. Give us a call with any of your financial planning questions. We want to deliver you the education that you need here in this hour. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Again, that's 855-767-3123. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines now nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now 855 767 3123. That's 855 Rose 123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Yeah, we do have some lines available if you'd like to dial in. We'd love to have you uh, talk with Larry live. It is open mic Saturday, as Larry likes to say. 855 767 3123. Larry. Sure, Chris. So let's talk a little bit today about the difference in some mutual funds. There's two types of mutual funds out there, and and a lot of people are not aware of this. One is the the most popular. It's open-end mutual funds. The other one are closed-end mutual funds. Closed-end mutual funds work a little differently than than your typical open-ended mutual fund. You know, at the 10,000-foot view, a mutual fund is a basket of stocks and or bonds that are in – you know, inside. It's called a package product. And so you put money into a mutual fund and, and instantly you own shares of, of hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of stocks. So you're very well diversified. That's how an open-end mutual fund works. And then you call them up and you say, hey, you know what? I, I, I need to get some money out. I need to go buy a new car or go on vacation or, or even retire. What what happens? Well, there the mutual fund company redeems back your shares, so they they carry a a little bit of cash in there for those redemptions, whereas a closed-end mutual fund is a basket of those same types of stocks and or bonds, and there's an initial public offering for it. And then if you want to buy it, you're going to buy 
you're going to buy the fund not based off of the net asset value of the stocks inside the fund, but you're going to buy it based off of the the perceived value. So that, that fund could be trading at a discount or a premium. And the advantage of a closed-end mutual fund is, well, one, it, it trades in the secondary market. There's not a cash drag. <clears throat> there doesn't have to be a, a large amount of cash sitting idly by in the mutual fund for redemptions because if you want to get your money out, you sell the shares on the secondary market. And the mutual fund is usually designed to provide higher income options than a, than a normally open-ended type of a mutual fund. The reason I bring this up today is, you know, we, we, we always hear about, you know, well, you know, most financial advisors across the country, and, and I've spoken in, in many, many, f- you know, places across the country, and most financial advisors are focused on just mainly the, f- the first third of financial planning. And if you break it down, there's three phases. There's accumulation, there's distribution, <clears throat> excuse me, and then there's legacy planning. And or estate planning, and most advisors mainly focus on the first phase of it, accumulation. They want to grow, 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 and sure, everybody wants to grow, 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 grow your money, right? Of course, no, no doubt about that. But then you get into the distribution phase of financial planning. This is when you're you're in retirement, and and now it's time to say, hey, you know what? I need to start pulling some of these dollars back. Well, a closed-end mutual fund, by design, is designed to give you a higher income production or a higher income source than an open-end typical mutual fund. So I want to just bring this to light today and just talk to people about this and say, you know, what when you get down the road, what is your plan? Or if you're already in retirement, what is your plan? How is it working? How is it functioning for income? Have you considered looking at a closed-end type of a mutual fund? <clears throat> Could it be a place that you could put some dollars in there just to enhance your retirement income stream? And and the answer is yes. You know, and these are often overlooked by a lot of people. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, the distributions can be made of of income uh, from from um, the the workings inside the mutual funds, certain things like REITs and bonds and and leverages. Uh, leverage uh, programs inside the mutual fund, as well as capital gains coming out and distribution of, of capital, uh, of uh, principal back too. So, so does that come out as kind of like a, div- a dividend sort of when it comes back to you? So um, Yeah, so Chris, just think about it in this way, that, that a, a closed-end mutual fund, the primary design of it is to provide you a higher income stream gotcha. versus a regular mutual fund. And the sources are dividends, uh, interest, capital gains, things of that nature there. So, yeah, so, so that's what it's pretty much designed for. And, and a lot of people don't, don't even look at these, you know, um, but they're a very good tool in which to provide income for people that are in retirement years, you know. So I'm and taking a note. I'm definitely writing this down. It sounds like a great tip. It is. Yeah. It, it really is. You know, and you get the same type of diversification as an open-ended mutual fund, very similar in scope. Uh, so it's 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 a good product to really take a look at, and when I bring it up with people, sometimes they're looking at me like, "Well, what's that? Yeah, what does know? that really mean to me? How much yes, money? Yeah, what is what does this mean? You know, it's closed. Nobody can get it. No, you can get it. You know, it's it's just the the name of it. But but it's it's uh, for pretty neat the way the way it functions and the way the way it works. But when you, and, you say know, secondary markets, I mean, does that mean that it's just not available in the main market for most people or what's the story? No, it's totally available. So like when you when you buy a mutual fund, you're actually when you when you buy a mutual fund, you're sending money into the fund. 
And then when you want to pull money out, your, the mutual fund redeems the shares back from you. So in a closed-end mutual fund, if you wanted to buy into it, you're going to go buy it in the secondary market. You're not buying it from the fund manufacturer. You're buying it from somebody else who owns those ticker symbols. Trades like a stock. Think of it like that. Okay. Sure. Trade trades like a stock. So when you want to sell it, you're going to sell off your shares of it all. Um, so it's it's pretty neat the way it is. But the but the objective here, let me explain this. The objective is it's another source. When you're looking at sourcing your invest sourcing income from your investments, okay, you you've got your your different buckets of money in retirement years there, right? And and um, and now you want to start start turning them into income. So so what are the different ways that you can get income? Well, you can get income through bonds, through annuities, through dividends through through dividends from blue chip companies from from high yield dividends and bonds from from real estate um, all different ways that you can get income you can even get income from from options and closed end mutual funds are just another source to say hey let's get some money in in the marketplace and and get a little bit higher dividend than the S&P 500 rate uh, you know the S&P 500 dividend rate is about 2.1% right now which isn't a lot of interest if you think about it, right? You know, we, but the idea in retirement years, you know, you've heard people always say, oh, I want to live off my interest, right? Well, in this yield-starved or, or low-interest environment that we're in, how are you going to get the income coming in in retirement without selling off shares each month, mm-hmm. right? And so this is one of the tools. When you take a look at bond interest, you've got different levels of bond interest. You've got conservative bonds that are paying very low interest. You've got high-risk bonds that are paying higher higher interest. You've got stocks, you know, in the S&P 500, blue-chip stocks, you know, 2.1% is the interest uh, versus other stocks that are paying higher dividends, you know, uh, uh, up, up to, you know, 8, 9, 12, 13%. Uh, just depending on on you know what sectors you're going into, so so there's all different ways that you can impact your retirement income or enhance your retirement income in your portfolio. And closed end mutual funds are just one way to go about doing it. So yeah. I wanted to bring that up today. Not a lot of people are are, are are even talk about them, but it is another tool in the quiver. You know, there's seven or eight ways, seven or eight different types of products that you can put into your investments to derive income. And remember, if if you're looking at Pulling income out of your accounts, would you rather sell shares or would you rather just keep the the ownership of the shares in your account and get the interest? And a lot of people say, well, I want the Best interest. both worlds there, man. Come exactly. On. That's exactly right. And closed-end mutual funds bring another tool into the chest for you to be able to do that. So definitely. Hey, go visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. And on the first page there, we've had lots of people do this all across the country. Click on the Return on Life button and take that little two or three minute survey. We've got a, a you know, we were talking about we're, we're slowly moving a lot of things here over to, to digital education for you. And if you go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on Return on Life button there. You can take a two or three minute little survey. There's little slide bars on there. We'll send you out a nice report. And it sort of gives you a good understanding on on 
how you're how you're doing in different areas on where you want to try to improve you know as far as like oh i'm working too much i want to spend more time with my family oh i want to get you know i want to try to take this class or i want to try and do all that it gives you a really in- interesting uh view on how money's working in your life you do this report we'll send you out another one and then uh, uh you get gives gives you a real good understanding there well i'm tongue-tied today chris <laughs> gives you a real good understanding of of uh you know your understanding of how money works in your life the importance of money to you all different things so go check it out go visit my website LarryRosenthal.com. click on the return on life button and uh, take the survey it's free there's no charge and and uh, it's pr- pr- pretty cool stuff it only takes two or three minutes to do so uh, we're going to keep the phone lines open here we've got to take a quick break give us a ring at 855 rose one two three that's 855 855- Seven six seven three one two three. With any of your financial planning, retirement, estate planning questions, college funding, whatever's on your mind today, eight five five Rose one two three. I'm Larry Rosenthal. You're listening to Making Money Sense, and we'll be back in a moment. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at eight five five Rose one two three. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around 500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 201 2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703 201 2494. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Yeah, dial on in there. We've got some uh, phones ringing here now, but we'd love to hear from you. 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123. Larry. Sure, Chris. So let's, uh, you know, in First Timothy 6, verse 17 and 19, through 19 it says instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or fixed in their hope 
on uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that when they may take hold of that which is life indeed. You know, when you stop and you read that, it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. When you when you read the First Timothy six uh, seventeen through nineteen, really just you know just opens up you know the importance of of using God's God's gifts that He's given us to do good works for other people, to be generous, to show you know to to share. And and when you're when you're thinking about retirement planning, you know one of the questions that we often go over with people is you know well what are you going to be doing? You know, and, and, and a lot of, a lot of times clients will bring this up to us as well, you know, what do we do in retirement? And it sounds kind of weird, you know, because people that are in their forties and fifties are going, Oh, I can't wait to get there, right? And then people that are retired are going, you know, hey, uh, like a friend of mine the other day, he's he one of my clients, he was saying, you know, I th- I think I'm gonna get a part time job um in retirement. He goes, I don't really need it, but I'm thinking about it because I'm so busy. And and uh, this way, if I had a part-time job, I wouldn't have to do so much more other things, right? <laughs> you know, so so it's kind of interesting when you when you break it all down and 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 say, hey, you know, what what is the calendar really going to look like in retirement? And and uh, you know, great opportunity to give back, to do all different types of things, work with your church, your kids, you know, all all kinds of fun stuff. And um, so you know, give some thought to that. There's a great book uh, by Bob Buford called. Um, Halftime, you know, what are you going to do in the second half of your life? Uh, I recommend getting that book. It's very good, very good read. So speaking of retirement, Chris, there's some new surveys out, and I'm not happy with some of this stuff. And this is by the Social Security Administration as well as the National Association of Plan Advisors here in December of 18 as well as Social Security Administration in 2019. Three regrets of retirees. You know, uh, the biggest regrets that retirees have here, uh, one of them is not saving enough money. More than a third of the retirees wish they would have saved more money. Uh, but how much is enough? You know, it depends on your income sources, depends on your income versus your expenses and the standard of living you want to you want to maintain. And a lot of people get stuck on this question is, well, how much do I need to save? And how much is enough? How much income do I need in retirement? And I was explaining this to someone the other day. It's not too hard to figure this out. And here's the way you want to back into this. You want to ask yourself the question, are you are you happy with your standard of living? Right now where you are, are you happy with your income versus your expenses? Most people say, well, I can always use more income, right? Yeah, I, I get that and understand that. But are you happy with your lifestyle? Are you happy with your standard of living right now? And if the answer is yes, then that's the that's the standard that you want to put into your financial plan, okay? That's how you want to do it. <clears throat> so if if you're saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm bringing in after tax, you know, $5,000 a month and my expenses are four, I'm okay." Then you want to shoot for having $5,000 a month of after-tax spendable income in retirement years. That's the way you kind of back into it, and that's what you put into the financial planning software right there. And, and you know, all the, you've got all these different assumptions and rules. Take 100 minus your age. That's how much you need uh, in, in, in your allocations. Or, or you're only going to need 80% to live off of once you retire and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know what? 
Maybe not. Maybe you want to just shoot for the same standard of living that you currently have right now, and it's a little different for everybody. That's why you want to um, uh, really sit down and, 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 and t- take a look at what your income is now versus your expenses equals your standard of living. Are you happy with that? And that's what you want to sort of back into. Let's open up the phone lines here. Let's welcome Paul on the line from Indiana. Good morning, Paul. How are you today? Oh, are you there, Paul? I think he's on hold or something, Chris. Yeah, something going on there. You there, Paul? All right, I'll put him on hold, and we'll just we'll just get back to the discussion here. Yeah. So, so not saving enough is is one of the issues, and one of the things that that I always that we always talk about on this show, and we always talk to clients about is this: is every year just try to save one percent more. You know, if you're currently saving, let's say five percent, next year save six. And, and it's an amazing amount of compounding that really takes place over time. And so, you know, we're getting ready. We got, you know, two months left in the year, and everybody can rethink about, you know, what they're saving next year and their retirement plans. Just sit there and just say, you know what, it's, it's not – you will not miss it, I'm telling you. In most cases, you will not miss it if you just increase your contribution to your retirement plan by 1%. You know, there's you can run all the math out there, but you know, if you got two people starting the same savings rate and one increases by one percent every year, they have double the amount of money in retirement that the other person has, uh, if if not more in a lot of cases. So so think about that. Not saving enough money is one of the biggest regret, one of the top three regrets that retirees make, and this is this is out there right now, uh, in in, in the financial press. So uh, let's try and welcome Paul on the line again. You there, Paul? I'm here. Hi, how can I help you? Welcome to the show. I've heard motivational speakers that, you know, occasionally throw out the figure that if you, you know, put this money, invest it, and get an annual return of about 10%, you know, blah, 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 you'll have all this wealth by the time you retire. And yet I'm wrestling with how in the world do you get at that 10%? Because when I look at, you know, the ups and downs of the stock market and all these other things, what is it that, you know, is this just a pie-in-the-sky figure they throw out there, or is there a realistic way that you could on a, you know, basis generally get 10% per year. So the history of the market's a little over 10%, okay? And and what that means is you you stay in the market. You stay invested during good times and in bad. Now, you can make some tweaks to that when there's bad times, get out of the way, but you got to make sure you get back in too. And so when you if if you were just to take money and just put it in the in the in the stock market meaning the S&P 500 history shows that's what the returns been the problem is, or, or somewhere right around there but the problem with that Paul is this is we get emotional when the markets start to to pull back people sell out and then people go back in when the markets are safe again so if you have a 15% pullback in the market one year People start selling out around 8, 10, 12, 15%. And then when do they go back in? When everybody says, oh, the markets are fine again. No, you want to go back in at the bottom or just not sell out based off of your time horizon. So another way to to do this is to build a portfolio of risk-adjusted type returns. Take a look at your, your portfolio and look at what's called the upside and downside capture of it. If the market's going up, let's say 10%, and your investments mixture will capture 9% of it. But on the other side, if the market goes down 10% and your investment mixture only captures maybe 7% of the downside, you're kind of in the middle there. 
So, so the, the best type of, re, of return in a portfolio is sort of a balanced type of, a, of, of an approach where you're not getting all the highs and you're not getting all of the lows. That takes a lot of the emotion out of those types of buy and sell decisions. But the bottom line here is that, that a lot of people hurt themselves by getting in and out of the market. And when you look at all the shows on TV and read the articles and stuff like that, that's a lot of what they talk about. And it's really time in the market, not timing. And over time, if you have a, a, a very, you know, if you have good, solid investments that are allocated appropriately to your risk, you should enjoy some success down the road. You know, when you look at the 10-year rolling average of the stock market, you haven't lost money in 10-year in increment periods of time. But in shorter, shorter views of time, you, you can lose a lot of money. Does that kind of help a little bit? Yeah, it does. So, I mean, you just used the figure of 10 years there. Is that kind of the average to look at? But, I mean, so, in, in, and I guess my second part of that question is, if if the market, and I don't have a calculator to do this in front of me because I'm driving, but if the if you were getting 10% return, over how much time could you expect that your investment would double with no additional contribution? Well, if you got 10%, you take the number 72 divided by whatever interest rate you're getting, 10, and it takes 7.2 years for your money to double. So okay. the, the, the compound interest rule is 72. Take the number 72, divide it by your rate of return, that's how long it takes your money to double. Okay? So, okay. so, so one of the things that, that people just don't get is you need to be in the market. It's time. It's time in the market. It's not timing of the market. If you're looking at timing of the market, you're going to get hit hard. But, but you know, one of the ways that you can look at doing it, too, is some sort of like a, what we call a core and explore portfolio, where you might take 80, 85% of your investment dollars and put them into some very good core holdings that will do well over time, and then maybe t 15 or 20%, and, and that's the stuff that you can move in and out and up and down and around with. But you want to make sure that you're staying in the market, and that's that's what proper wealth accumulation does. You know, if you if you ask Warren Buffett what his favorite holding period is, he'll say forever. You find quality, you buy it, you hold it till that quality goes away, or your objectives change. That's how you go about doing it. And and all this stuff in and out doesn't really work. And when you look at rolling periods, you asked about ten year rolling periods. When you look at rolling periods, you know, twelve months. You know, you add the 13th month off and drop off the first month, add the next one, drop off. So you're looking at a period of rolling one years, rolling three years, rolling five, rolling ten. When you look at rolling tens, you haven't lost money. When you look at rolling ones, you can lose money because the market will go up and down. But it's time that, that, that really works well over, over the course of your investing life. And as you get closer to the point in time that you need to start receiving income back, the more conservative you want to be repositioned. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be out of the market the entire time. You need to outpace three things, taxes, inflation, and fees. That's the net dollar, Paul, that you can take to the bank with you or take to the grocery store with you and, and maintain your standard of living. So if you want, I'll be happy to send you out our, our toolkit. And uh, it'll help you sort of align that type of stuff if you want. We'll send you out our financial planning toolkit. How does that sound? Okay. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. All right. Well, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your uh, contact info, and we'll go ahead and send that out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome John on the line from Maryland. Good morning, John. How are you today? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm just a 
uh, inherited a trust and along with it a financial advisor. And I'm not sure the question I should be asking. Well, the first of all, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And um, the some of the questions that I would ask are, What's, what is the investment objective of the current assets, and do they match up with yours? Because usually when someone inherits something, it's coming from an older person usually, and their investment objectives may be vastly different than what your needs might be if there's a different age right. group. Okay, That's one of the questions I would ask. Second question I would ask is what's been the history of the performance um, what is your buy and sell decision process? Show me your process. What do you do? Um, mm-hmm. How are you going to to make this thing work for me and my needs? Um, <clears throat> what are the cost of it? How many times, uh, you know, how, how often do I get meetings with you? Um, are you going to mm-hmm. encompass all of my other investments, assets, liabilities into this? How are you going to – can you demonstrate to me that the money that's inside this trust you're, you've inherited, that those investments are going to work in a congruent manner with my other investments? Um, right. you know, those, those are a lot of and, – and show me the grading of this. Show me the, the, research, the, the, um, the grading. Say, I want to see Morningstar reports. How do the current investments stack up against their peers? You know, show me a portfolio snapshot of all of this and the investment detail reports of, of all of that. Basically say I want an X-ray on the current investments, and I want to make sure that they're, they're going to start working for me and what my family needs are. Gotcha. So lots of questions. And what about – I guess I should be able to find information on the balance between equities versus ETFs versus bonds, et cetera. Oh, absolutely. The, the the new advisor should be able to sit sit you down right away and show you how all that stuff lines up, you know, what your mixture is in the different asset classes, and ask them, you know, today, say, you know, hey, with, with where the economy is now and where the markets are, where are you overweighted or underweighted in your holdings? What are the things that you see right. down the road and around the corner, you know? Um, how often are things uh, moved around and stuff like that? You know, we right. we have we have an analysis software. Often people will will send us their their you know copies of their investment statements, and we'll put it in and show it to them. You know, if you want, we'll be happy gotcha. to to do that for you as well, and then you can compare those two. Gotcha. Okay. Sure. Well, John, I'll, I'll go Thank ahead. And I'll I'll put you on hold, and then Bob will get uh, get your email information, and then uh, we'll 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 do a comparison for you on those investments, and give you a bunch of those questions to ask. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Christopher on the line. Good morning, Christopher. How are you? Hi, Larry. How's your day going? Going pretty well so far. How about uh, yours? Uh, uh, first time I went out there today, and there actually was frost on the car. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fall. It should be. All right. My question has to do with my philosophy is this is the way I've approached my portfolio. I've pretty much tried, always kept around 20% in cash, in some form of cash, meaning the other 80% I've never touched. I've added to it at times, but never touched. 
That way, I, I have enough in cash to live on for the foreseeable future, meaning five to eight years, so I don't have to interrupt anything in my other part of the portfolio. Now, the last time the Fed ra uh, raised interest rates, I went out and got some CDs. I guess that was about a year ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, the, the two biggest ones, which is the bulk of the cash I have, uh, they're going to come due uh, next August, next October. And since then, the Fed has lowered interest rates three times. So the chances of the getting a CD at the same rate, which is almost 3% in the bank, which I have now with these, is not going to be very good. Correct. Other than sticking with a bank and their highest CD rate, is there anything that is liquid but would give me maybe a little bit more return than a bank CD? So, yes, there there is. And so think about this. The bank is sitting in box number one for this illustration. And the bank brings two things to the table. It brings principal guarantee, no fluctuation of your principal, plus a little bit of interest. That's box number one. The question you're asking is, is there a place I can move my money from box number one to box number two and keep my principal as safe as the bank? The answer is no. But you can move to box number two and have very, very little fluctuation and get a higher interest rate. And then if you went to box number three, box number four, and on out, okay, the more boxes you go away from the bank, the more your principal is going to go up and down, giving you an opportunity for higher returns. However, in box number two here, there's some very conservative uh highly rated bond mutual funds that are completely liquid in today out tomorrow and currently they're yielding in the mid three percents right now so but the difference is the bank cd you have zero fluctuation on your principal in these positions here your principal will move every handful of days up or down by a penny or two so it gives you slight principal uh, movement but not enough that you're going to be concerned about if this is your quiet, tight money in the banks. So that's what I would suggest right there. I know that money, um, all the major uh, broke, uh, not brokerage, but mutual funds, like I have money at Vanguard and I have money at uh, T. Rowe Price. And they're, they're money markets. Um, they pretty much kind of, the percentage you're getting on those things are right around two, a little bit over 2% now. But that's, money you can put in one day and take out the next, a dollar in, a dollar out all the time. Correct. Now, do, those rates are going to be coming down. Do mutual okay. funds offer something like a CD where you tell this mutual fund, here's the money, uh, guarantee me a certain rate for 90 days or 180 days or one year. I promise not to take the money out. You give me a little bit more than the money market. Do any undo that? No. Okay. Yep. Nope. That 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 falls under the premise of guaranteed investments, and uh, you know, under the I'm sorry, under the premise of the perfect investment, which is guarantee loss. I mean, guarantee no loss. You know, tax free, high rate of return, all that kind of stuff. Liquid doesn't doesn't act there. If you want guarantees, then you need to keep the money in the bank. That's that's right. where you want to keep it. 
right, so you. but that'd be the that'd be your best bet is just look at those little tiny moves to to, to the different boxes as I illustrated there to get you a little bit better rate of return so do they, do they come under a certain category name uh, short duration bond funds okay. uh, is is what you look at uh, ultra short short duration uh, things like that so right. and and um, you know so they're liquid they're liquid in today out tomorrow and you can get some of them tax free as well thanks for the show Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Hey, go visit my website again. Check out the Return on Life button. Do that little survey. Two or three minutes it takes, and we'll send you out a nice report. It gives you a good understanding of... You know, kind of what you're what you're happy with about your money, um, and then we'll send you out another one too, and let you give grade yourself on your understanding of how money works in your life and the purposes of it all. Uh, really gives some eye-opening conversations to you and your family on on how you're managing money. Uh, it's, it's a fun little survey. We had people since we've brought it on the last couple of weeks on the website. We've had people going on there and just just uh, filling up the surveys and and doing it all. And we send out these nice reports to you on on how it all interprets for uh, back for you and uh, gives you some good good vision. I would say good understanding of of what's what's important to you about money and time and things like that in your life. The money and time equation, Chris, is is what it's looking at. As well as while you're there, uh, check out my uh, our seminars. We'll be doing our 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 next seminar in in Haymarket, Virginia. It's going to be on November sixth at Evergreen Country Club. If you're 55 and over or have already retired and you want to come on out and understand what's going on in the markets, the economy, this seminar is going to be going over. It's called Going from Taxable to Tax-Free, Understanding How to Enhance Your Retirement Income from a Tax Perspective as well as Passing Assets on to Your Heirs in the Most Tax-Efficient Manner. In addition to that, on November 12th at Turf Valley Country Club just outside of Baltimore, Maryland, we'll be having two sessions that day. The afternoon class begins at 1, goes to 2.30, and the evening goes from 6.30 to 8 p.m., Again, there's no charge for these seminars, and the meals and refreshments are complimentary. So if you want to go check these out, uh, going from taxable to tax-free, how to enhance your retirement income, as well as pass assets on to your heirs, check it out on my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Register. We uh, have a few seats open uh, from what I've been told. Uh, Again, to go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the seminar button and register right there. While you're there, like us and follow us on Facebook. And um, do the return on life surveys. A lot of fun there. So, Chris, I see we've got to take a quick break here. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've heard oftentimes about asset allocation. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. We need to understand tax allocation. The IRS views our money through four different tax lenses. Taxable, tax-deductible and deferred, non-deductible and deferred, tax-exempt, or tax-free. Stop for a moment and think. How much money have you saved up in your retirement plans, placed the money that's never been taxed? Here's the rule on that. You control 100%, but you only own 65% of it. We need to make sure that our income in retirement years is tax efficient to maintain your standard of living. 
Get started with your financial plan today at LarryRosenthal.com or call right now for the financial planning toolkit, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, we're just a few minutes left in the show, but you're still certainly welcome to give us a call at 855-767-3123. have some lines available for you now if you'd like to talk to Larry Rosenthal. Larry. Sure, Chris. So getting back to our, our little survey here of, of retirees, you know, uh, the three three biggest regrets that retirees have, not saving enough money. We talked a little bit about that, but also relying on Social Security too much. Uh, you know, Social Security was meant to be a supplement to your retirement income needs, not the primary driver of retirement. The average average monthly benefit in 2020 is going to be $1,503 a month. Uh, for a retired worker and, and twenty five hundred and thirty one dollars a month for a married couple uh, the the maximum twenty twenty social security benefits going to be three thousand and eleven dollars at at your full retirement age and that 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 includes you know working for thirty five years uh, so you know social security <clears throat> is is a great supplement to retirement uh, other additional retirement savings. And so, you know, that was the second regret that a lot of people had was that was saying, oh, I got Social Security and relying on that a little too much. Uh, In addition to that was not paying off enough debt. So uh, you've got the three biggest regrets here, and I'm I'm trying to cram all this in in the last few minutes of the show, Chris. You've got the three biggest regrets of, of retirees today, and that is not saving enough money, relying on Social Security too much and then carrying too much debt into retirement uh you know when when you're looking at you know if, if you've got debt service of six seven hundred dollars a month on on whatever it may be uh that that's six seven hundred dollars a month that you're you know is, is t- tamping down your retirement uh, spending income so it's a, all this stuff comes down to building out a financial plan <clears throat> understanding what you want your finish line to look like. Again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and right on the first page there, there's a, a, an example video of what a financial plan should really look like. If you want to get one started for yourself, go to our website and, and ask us, you know, send us an email, ask for the financial planning toolkit. That'll get you driven down that road a little bit, or at least give you the opportunity. It gives you the whole thing laid out there for you, and there's no charge for it. So go visit the website, LarryRosenthal.com. We've got lots of information out there for you uh, and I, in addition to that I'm very excited about how we're going to be uh, uh, changing it around the first quarter of next year that time's clicking pretty quick but the first quarter of next year we'll be getting all kinds of new resources and things out there for you all to, to look at we want to be your source for financial education while you're there LarryRosenthal.com register for our seminars we got one coming up next Wednesday at, in Haymarket Virginia at Evergreen Country Club as the, the seminar starts at 7 o'clock and then in in uh, on uh, November twelfth, getting all kind of tongue tied here, Chris. It's the last so minute of the shove, trying to cram five minutes worth into forty five seconds here. <laughs> you can uh, do it. Turf Valley Country Club, November twelfth, in just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. Two classes that day, one to two thirty and six thirty to eight p.m. So the, the, there's no charge for the seminars. The meals and refreshments are complimentary. Come on out, we'll have a good time. About ninety minutes of, of some really good Q and A and some really good understanding of financial planning concepts. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget, go check out the, re- the website, LarryRosenthal.com. Return on Life Survey. You'll, you'll get a good, good kick out of it. 
and give you some open uh, open thoughts on, on how you're, you're dealing with your money and things like that. So we'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.